So first I want to start off with a prayer because I really feel like I want God to guide us and direct us in this. The second epistle of Thessalonians in the third chapter, verse five says that, uh, basically says, now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. It's in the love of God that the revelation of who God is is found. Um, and, and it's in that revelation and it's abiding in the love of God that empowers your life. Um, that gives you direction, that gives you, I mean, everything that you need is found within the love of God. And I'm not just talking about this uh, pretty idea of the love of God. I'm talking about this tangible revelation of, of the love of God. Um, the word direct in the Greek, it means a, to guide into and and not just to guide into or direct into, but it also has a definition that, that is uh, a, the removal of all hindrances. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that hinder us. Um, there's a lot of things that hinder us in this life. And, and I just want to pray that God open our hearts um, to receive the word that we're about to speak about. I, I want to pray that, that God really guides us, um, give, gives us vision, gives us direction, teaches us his love so that we can in turn love others um and i and i hope that this this podcast strengthens you i hope that it encourages you i hope that it corrects any area of your life that that you may be struggling in um and that is my prayer for this year i I really pray that god direct us that he remove the hindrances from our life the real hindrances and that he lead us into an area of love and patience and revelation of who he is with that being said i ask those things in jesus name let's start the podcast though amen amen Yo, welcome to the Unchained Podcast. I'm your host, Keelan Martin, joined by the Bible scholar, Charles Leger, a.k.a. Granddaddy. If you're curious, we're just two guys looking to spread love, hope, and joy across the world by sharing with you the gospel of Jesus Christ and how it changed our lives. And we made this podcast so we could specifically show you how it's going to change and impact your life as well. So we aim to take this message across the world, and you can help us do that by going to anchor.fm slash unchained. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash Unchained. And from that page, guys, you got three options. The first option is called More Places to Listen. Click it, guys, and then you can listen to us on your favorite podcast station. That helps keep us on the air. Or you can click the button right below that, and you can donate to help keep us alive. You can make a small monthly contribution, or you can leave us a voice message and tell us how this podcast has changed your life. Thank you, guys. There. Um, welcome to the Unchained Podcast. I'm your host, Keela Martin. Finally joined with um, Charles Lady J, the Bible scholar, aka Granddaddy. Homeboy's been on a hiatus for a while now, uh, working and taking care of his family. But congratulations to him, man. Uh, the new baby's here. The new baby's here. So guess what? We ain't going to never see him ever again. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'll be around a little more often now. Yeah. If the world don't end in the next month or so. <laughs> At least that's what people act like, right? Yeah, I think that's where we're heading, man. It's the end of the world, you know? Right. So, I'll tell you what, though, man. This is episode 27. Mm. We really haven't given... I'm joking about the end of the world thing. For some people, it is the end of their world. It's the end of their world. You know, they put the stock in sports. They don't know what to do themselves. Uh, people putting their stock in their job, putting their stock in their work. They don't really know what to do. Um... But, you know, don't fear. Um, that's, what, that's what we're going to talk about. That's really what we're going to talk about. Um, I was actually going to make a joke. <laughs> but, but no, for real, man, a lot of people are scared, don't know what to do. 
confined to their homes, man. It's this is something that we we haven't seen. Like at least not like not in my lifetime. We haven't seen it. No. But I don't know, man. I think I've always been one of those people that have not really got caught up on like details. It is not that I'm insensitive. I don't think that I'm insensitive. I just think the way God has, I think the way he created me, I just don't get too bent off in the details or run around with like with the rest of the world. Like he's giving me like an ability where. So there's this, there's this proverb in the fourth chapter of Proverbs and it says to guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. Right. Now, I say that because sometimes the details will pollute your heart. Oh, for real. And here, and here's the thing that that I, we want to talk about fear in this podcast, but obviously because of everything that's going on in the world right now, I want to I want to say that I am in no way telling you that you shouldn't take what's going on seriously. On the other hand, you shouldn't allow fear to run your life. Oh yeah, um, it's real. I mean, there's hundreds of people dying in Italy every day. Uh, you know, so it, it's something that could easily create fear in someone. But I think the the question you have to ask yourself is, what do I place my faith in? Right. Because what I place my faith in will determine if I'm afraid. Right. Um, at the end of the day, me and you were just talking about people fear death. Yeah. People fear sickness. They fear the unknown. They fear the things that are coming their way because of what may be going on in the world right now. Um, and I don't want to. I don't want to push that aside like like that's some irrational line of thought because I do understand how easy it can be to fear those things. It, it just can. It can be very easy. Um, but you got to depend on God right now, man. You got to really, you got to really lean into your relationship with Christ. That's given if they have a relationship with Christ. Yeah, I think that's where most of the fear comes from, because. Again, like we just said, man. Like we said, a relationship with Christ, not a relationship with the church. Oh yeah. <laughs> In case you haven't noticed, they closed the churches. Oh yeah, and so if you're a worshiper, stop because you didn't have church this morning. That's a big problem. It's a big red flag. But um, you know, if you have a relationship with Christ, like that's the biggest thing. And I believe people who don't have a relationship with Christ, they're panicking right now because their faith is on. Again, like I said, man, it's it's. Their faith is on something that's not solid. There's no foundation. There's no solidity to it. There's nothing to build on. You, you've built your entire life on surface material, you know, and th this is what, you know, they talk about, like, I believe it's Matthew 7 and 24, where he talks about building on, um, where he talks about building on foundations. Um, and, and I think when Jesus is telling this parable, um, you know, I don't want to misquote, uh, you know, what he said, but and Jesus is saying, like building on a solid foundation, he says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. You know, just to, to pause right there, like that rock being the word of God, that rock being on the only one who holds your ne next breath in his hands, which is God, which is Christ. And in verse 25, he says, though the rain comes it torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house. It won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. So 
Just to put that into perspective, if you think about like what happens to houses out in California, like when there's like a lot of rain and you see these mudslides, bro, and like all these houses go sliding off the cliff or you see a house built on the backside of a mountain, the foundations aren't dug deep enough. So when the land starts to shift or the mud starts to shift when there's a lot of rain, you then find out that the, that like the trenches weren't dug deep enough, uh, uh, deep enough, bro. They were like they were building on like like chert and dirt and rocks, but there was no bedrock. You know, you got to dig deep enough to where you can build a solid foundation. And in verse 26, he says, but anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand when the rain and floods come and the winds beat against that house it will collapse with a mighty crash but this is this is this is i love that parable it kind of goes back to the be a be a doer of the word not a hearer james talks about it right Um, so so there is building your house on a solid foundation which is righteousness if you just break that that parable down to the core, Christ is basically saying, "Do what I teach," and then like let's use Psalms for example. The righteous, the righteous will be surrounded by the favor of God. That is that is what is that's a biblical concept. That um, listen, you do what I teach. You live righteously. You live holy, and I'll protect you. Right. That is that is that is God's promise to you. Um, and Christ is saying, uh, do what I say. It's like building your house upon rock because then you don't fight your battles alone. Um, God fights your battles for you. Yeah. So that's the, that's the thought process behind it. Um, but a lot of us don't, a lot of us don't do that. No. A lot of us, a lot of us haven't done that. And, and what we're seeing right now is we're seeing a world of people absolutely terrified right now. Um, not yeah. knowing what the next day is going to bring. Uh, not knowing like like bro you got to see like just going into the grocery store um you know people gloved up people masked up yeah it's kind of <laughs> crazy like there yeah. is a lot of there there is a lot of fear right now yeah um and and I'm, i want to be clear that could be expected i mean it's, it can be expected but the people who find freedom from that fear are the people who place their hope in eternity yeah so that's the direction I, I want to go with the podcast because at the end of the day, I can't promise you that this is going to get better before it gets worse. Right. Because God didn't tell me to say that. I also can't promise you that this ain't going to get a lot worse. Yeah. Because it very well may. Right. It may get absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um, in fact, if you believe that uh, Christ will return um, soon, and I don't know if he will or won't, and if you've read the book of Revelations... Um, the current context in which we live in looks very prophetic. Right. Um, there are plagues. There are wars and rumors of wars. There, there are great tribulations going on right now within the world. Um, the world is a melting pot. It's it's waiting to explode. It's full of chaos. And, right. Um. So where is your hope? I want to read this. Because this is what comes to mind. It's Romans chapter 8. Starts at verse 23. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. You you got to 
when Paul is talking about the redemption of the body, he is talking about that eternity, that resurrected body, that glorified body. Um, he says we are earnestly waiting for this, um, for we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why, for why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Now, Paul is giving a lot of power to hope right there. Right. Um, and he's basically saying in these moments of chaos, uh, in Romans chapter 8, the context would have been absolute chaos. Christians were getting persecuted and killed left and right. Um, I know maybe a little different from our current context, but... Uh, Paul's, his words right here are power, for, for we are saved in this hope, eagerly waiting for the return of Christ and the redemption of our body and eternity. Um, that new Jerusalem, that holy city where God resurrects us and, and, and there is holiness and purity uh, around us at all times and not chaos and confusion and sickness and the things that plague the earth now. Um, I truly believe that holding fast to that hope is what will help you overcome fear. Right. That that there's something beyond this. And I think yeah. a lot of us have limited our sight and our hopes and our vision to just this. That this is all that there is and there's nothing afterward. And I've heard people say foolishly that, like, this is heaven. Like, really? Like, really? This, is, this is heaven to you? Um, I've heard people say stuff like that. I've also heard people describe this as hell. And I was like, yo, this is comfortable as as hell, you know, <laughs> but, but I've, I've heard people say things like that and it has always boggled my mind. So Charles, if we want to push the needle just a little bit, um, because I told, I told the rest of the crew, um, in the group yesterday, I was like, while this is happening, I'm going to take advantage of every moment that I have to pump out as much inspiration and motivation as possible. I want to put out as much hope in this world right now because more people want to hear this right now more than ever. Even if they never meant to click on it, even if they never meant to get on Facebook and see anything that we put up there, even if they never meant to get on YouTube and find a video that we put up, I want to put out as much as possible simply because right now everybody and their mom is going to be on social media and there, there, there are going to be people who are living in fear, don't know what uncertainty is. However, the challenge is this, Charles. And and look, Charles said he couldn't look, he said he couldn't promise to tell you that things won't get worse or things won't get better right now. And that's something that we don't know. But the fact that we do have a hope in in Christ and, and future glory that, that awaits us outside of this present life, um, eternity is what Charles is talking about. So if that is the case, and if you're living in fear and you have uncertainty in your heart right now. Think about the other person that's next to you that you pass every day, the people that you sit next to that don't have that hope, yeah. j j just like you. Well, and let's, let's not just, uh, I am, I am absolutely talking about eternity, but let's not just limit our hope to eternity because we should also, the, the word hope in the Greek language, it, it, it's an expectation. Yeah. An expectation that, I mean, that is probably a, uh, better definition for it yeah um so so there's this good expectation and there there's this evil expectation in the definition of the greek word 
Um, it's El, it's El Pis or El Pisi. I may be pronouncing it wrong, but uh, within the definition, it, there are two or three definitions. One is a good expectation. One is an evil expectation. And and in parentheses next to the evil expectation is the word fear. Right. Um, li- listen, y- you have been promised not only eternity with God, but you have also been promised the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God right now in this life. That salvation is now and that God is working in you now. That glory is available to you now. That healing is available to you now. Um, that that victory over sickness is available to you now. Hence the Lord's prayer. So yeah, yeah, yeah. and and so many other scriptures. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, oh I, yeah, I could go the Lord's prayer absolutely. Uh, three or four chapters out of Romans hits on some of this stuff. Paul hits on it in so many different uh, areas of his writings. the The idea is this: I should expect health. I should expect. Victory. I, I don't care what's going on in the world. I don't care what's going on um, with everyone else because I'm not in control of everyone else's life. But because you belong to God. But because I belong to God, because I belong to Christ, because the spirit of Yahweh, the spirit of the living God resides within me. My expectation in this situation, this coronavirus, the chaos in the world should be health and victory. Right. Um, oh yeah. So so I asked people at that point. I'm gonna stop there. Um, where where is your expectation right now? Ha, have you allowed fear uh, to determine what you expect out of this current situation? Um, are you expecting death and chaos and uh, panic and pandemonium? Um, are you are you expecting to overcome? Right. That, that's the question you have to ask yourself. Yeah, check your speech. Because if you're talking about, I don't want to get the coronavirus or, you know, I'm trying not to get sick or I'm trying. Like, like, it's in your heart. The, the, yeah, exactly. So, so the way that you talk is really, ref- that, that reflects your expectations. So I'm going to challenge y'all to really look at your speech, man, and, and how you're talking. Because, again, man, that's, that's a reflection of what's in your heart. And, you know, it is, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, you know, the, the mouth speaks. And so a, a lot of what you feed yourself and, and look, I, I, I put something on. Um, I, I can't remember if I put it on Facebook or if I was actually talking to the crew about it. But it's like I tell people all the time, like you never really catch me on Facebook unless I'm putting out something that has something to do with unchained motivation, unless I'm putting out something positive. Unless I'm putting out something that's going to give somebody some hope, uh, you know, because what we do, um, Charles, is not only just personal development, it's also spiritual development. So anybody that's listening is going to hear what we're putting out there. They go, oh, maybe I can check myself on that. Oh, I am forgiven. You know, and I put these out every day. Yeah. And, and I say I because I do the, the doctoring of the, of the actual footage and whatnot. But, you know, Charles and I, when we decided to do this podcast, we wanted to change your expectation because we didn't want you just going to church just to be going to church. Like church does not get you to heaven. Let me make that clear. Church does not. Um, it, it doesn't it doesn't put you in favor with God. But when you become the church again, um, the way Christ says you become the church, it does change your expectation. It does change your outlook on who you are. It does change your outlook on what you should expect in your life. It changes everything. So for those of you 
who are who are hearing this and you're not and you have not yet made the adjustment, um, you know, to let God work in your heart to reveal himself to you. Because, look, a lot of what look, a lot of what you do or don't fear is, is based off on how much revelation you've gotten from God. You know, for me personally, I don't fear things except God himself. Like, I don't fear things like I don't I don't fear sickness. I don't fear I don't fear death. I mean, it, it is what it is. Um, because my hope is in Christ. I know what he's promised me. I know what his promises say. So for you personally, like, do you know what God says about you? Do you know what God says um, he will give you should you um, turn your life over to him? Because honestly, when you give everything to him, you, you shouldn't fear what's going on in the world right now. Like you shouldn't fear sickness. You shouldn't fear death. Like you shouldn't fear these things. And that's not saying that you can't be wise and examine what's going on. That's not what we're saying. I think uh, God gave you wisdom for a reason, right? And we also know that know that there's no shortage of stupidity in the world too. So, so. Yeah, let's be let's let's be let's be very clear about this. Um, Satan, because and I want to clarify some things. I don't want to give too much power um, to Satan, but he is the tempter. He is the deceiver. Um, we were talking about this the other day. A lot of people have this misconception that the Bible says that he was the creator of evil. Well, it's not. That's not true. God yeah. created all things. Yeah. Satan is a created being. Yeah. God created Satan. Right. Um, but it is his role to tempt, to deceive. Um God's purpose behind that, I don't have an exact answer for you. I couldn't, I could, I'm not God. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. And sometimes there's some things that happen in this life that I just don't understand. You can't I, make sense. I of don't it. see God's purpose. I don't see his plan in it, but there is a purpose and there is a plan in it. Um, and there is a purpose for Satan. There is a purpose for evil. It is the law of opposite where there is good. There is evil. Where there is a heads on a quarter, there is a tails on a quarter. Where there is tall, there is sharp. It yeah. is just the way the world is structured. Yeah. It has always been that way. Um, you fear will always try to grab a hold of your life because fear is found within the arsenal of Satan. And he will try to tempt you. He will try to deceive you. He will try to instill fear. The evil of this world will try to place fear in your heart because fear and faith do not operate together. A lot of people have this this thought that, um, you know, maybe I can walk in fear and still walk in faith. And truthfully, probably not. No. You know, because faith means belief and fear is the opposite of healthy belief. Fear would be. Uh, believing in death when the when when the Bible tells you you have life, um, they they don't go together. Um, so if if I know that God wants me to walk in faith and in confidence and assurance, because when I look at the word faith in other languages, especially uh, the original language, it, it it means an assurance, a conviction, a strongly, firmly held belief. Um, then I know that I cannot operate in fear and expect faith to come to pass in my life. I cannot operate in fear and expect goodness. I can't operate in fear and expect victory because they're contrary to one another. Right. Um, so Satan will always aim to instill fear in your life. 
here's where you have control. It is up to you. It is your choice to refuse to walk in that fear that may try to grab a hold of you. Oh, let, let me be very clear about this. Um, I have thoughts, fearful thoughts at times that cross my mind about sickness, about everything that's going on in the world, about my kids. Um, the only difference between me and some people is that they don't they don't control my life. Right. Fear will not determine what I do because I walk in faith. I believe in victory. I believe in overcoming. I believe in what God has promised me. That doesn't mean that fear just magically goes away. Um, people, people seem to think that uh, if I have faith, there's no way that fear can come into my mind. That's also not true. No, man, that's that's. You know, you have to conquer fear and you can only way to, the only way to conquer fear is by the amount of word that you have within you. Well, we go back yeah. to James, right? Um, right. James talks about uh, my brethren counted all joy when you fall to divers temptations. Um, knowing this, that the trying of your faith work is patience. So the trying of your belief works, works patience. That very interesting that that word temptation um, in the Greek means approving, like right. to prove. Yeah. Like, uh, so listen, th this seems to be, I'm going to try to explain this. This seems to be the closest thing um, to truth in explaining the purpose of evil and temptation. It is approving. It, it is the trot. It is the testing ground on which your faith is proven. Right. Um, I I have this uh, temptation. I have this this fear that is trying to grab a hold of my life. But God is refining my faith in this. He, he's he's testing my faith. And through this, through this trial and through this chaos and through everything that's going on, I am learning how to believe in God. Right. And a lot of that, man, is based off uh, is based off focus. Right. I heard this analogy the other day. And you have to make a conscious decision to focus on Christ when you're going through your go through. You have to make that conscious decision to stay focused on the word of God. Like what's the word of God that is within you? If you don't have that much word in you, they'll pray, do some, uh, listen to some praise and worship. Do something that strengthens your faith in that moment. Because if you don't, because one thing that I've learned personally is that the Holy Spirit always beckons you, yo, pray or yo, turn this on. Or yeah. listen to this, or, yeah, or there's watch that. A nudge. There's always yeah. a nudge on, in what you should do in that moment, but because you're fearful, you tend to focus more on the fear or the thing that's driving you toward fear versus listening to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is, you know, like He's a gentleman. Like He's not boss. He's not going to force you to pray. He's not going to force you to turn on praise and worship. He's not going to force you to do those things. But but He is going to make Himself relevant and let you know that He's in the room. So he is going to say, hey, why don't we pray right here? Why don't you make this choice? Why don't you go here? Why don't you go there? Yeah. But your focus is what's going to determine the outcome. And many of you are, are focused on the wrong thing. And this is why fear ends up taking over. And I heard the analogy the other day, back to my point, of, of there being a difference between a sniper and somebody who knows how to shoot. Big difference, right? And I, and I shared this with the group last night, that a person who knows how to shoot a gun They'll just wildly shoot until they hit the target. So you might have holes in this wall, holes in that wall. You might have holes everywhere, but you won't really hit that target. But a sniper will actually sit patiently, wait for days, 
yeah. won't use the bathroom, won't eat for fear of missing that opportunity. Yeah. And when you're operating out of fear, you tend to be the guy shooting everything until you hit the target, right? Uh, but if you're, if you're going to be a sniper, like even with your faith, even if there's a goal or an aspiration, you know, you don't want to miss out on God. So when that opportunity presents itself, this is what God says. You know, he says, like, like, be still, like, be still and wait, like, wait for me. Wait before you go and make the next move. Wait before you say what you're about to say. But if you're right here and, and once you see that opportunity, like, oh, God, I heard you clearly. Yeah. So now I'm going to take my shot and I'm going to shoot this one right here because I know I heard you in this very moment right here versus you just like jumping off the deep end and you going to buy 40 rolls of toilet paper because you're scared that you're going to run out of toilet paper. Like seriously, bro, it's like you, you out doing all kind of stuff because you see the rest of the world doing it. Like God didn't go. You see what I'm saying? It's like everybody operates this way because everybody else is doing this. This is what they're doing. Oh, I need to go and buy everything on the shelf because I'm going to operate out of fear. That's not what God called you to do. Like sit and be patient. And wait to hear from the Lord on what he's going to ask you to do. Because otherwise, you end up wasting a lot of time and doing a lot of things you weren't planning on doing simply because you're scared. And it's okay to say, hey, God, you know what? I'm fearful right here. And this is the conversation that you have to have. You know, like Charles said, he's not saying that fear is not going to ever be present. But operating in faith will, will cause you to voice that fear to God and let him give you peace. Therefore, you give him that and he gives you peace in exchange for your fear. He, he teaches you how to overcome it. Yeah, for the real, Holy, for The real. Holy Spirit will teach you how to overcome it. Um, there, and maybe, maybe you've reached this place. I don't know. I felt led to say this whenever you were talking about, you know, just prayer and how much words you have in you. Maybe you've reached this pray this place where you've studied and studied and prayed and prayed. Um, and you still kind of feel like you're not getting guidance. Uh, I've been there. Uh, I've studied and studied and I've prayed and prayed. And I, and still had moments where I felt like God wasn't guiding me. And um, I had a little revelation. You can study. You can pray. But if you don't surround your life with love. Um, I mean love toward the people that are in your life. Love toward the people who aren't in your life. If uh, now by these three, faith, hope, and love, but above all is love or charity. Um, Paul says that in Corinthians. Um, faith and hope are irrelevant if love is not present in your life. Love is one of the central messages of not only the New Testament but also the Old Testament. Um, it is one of the pinnacle concepts in the Torah or the law. Um, because when you see the word law in the New Testament, it's really just the word Torah, Torah. And it means teaching. It does not mean law. It means God's teaching to mankind that um, empowers them. Listen, love, love in these moments, love will empower you. It will, it will strengthen you. Um, surround yourself with it uh, because because you cannot. I, I, I've I've reached this wall before, y'all, where I have all this head knowledge and I know the scripture and I know uh, how to pray. I know how to, you know, and, and I'm not saying that it, all of that is worthless because it because it absolutely is of great value. 
But if I do not have love at the center of my life and for those around me, then it is irrelevant. And fear will still grab a hold of my life because my life is probably more self-involved than God-involved. And, um, you know, this is this social distancing thing. I understand it. I understand that they're trying to stop this virus from spreading. Um, But at the end of the day, don't distance yourself from everyone around you so much that you forget to love them. Uh, Because we've already become so divided as a people. I was talking with my wife about this the other night. We've been practicing social distancing for years. Yeah. I mean, I could walk in the break room at work and... Ten guys are in there, and not a one of them is having a conversation. They all on their phones, playing video games, and looking at Facebook. Right. They sitting right next to each other, and they practicing social distancing. Exactly. You know. Uh, so that I guess that's another thing that God wants me to share. Listen, fear. You will overcome fear with love, um, because. And I don't want you to look at these three things as separate from one another, because faith. Hope, love are in no way separate from one another. They are one in the same. I believe God's word. I have an expectation for my life. And because I believe God's word, I love those around me. I love God. I love the people next to me. Um, They all work together. Um, Without love, there is no faith. Without love, there is no positive expectation. A, a, a man will always, let me rephrase that. Um, there is absolutely faith without love, but it is not a godly faith. Right. It is a belief that is built upon the world. Um, we can maybe even use that comparison to what Jesus was talking about building your house upon the sand or upon the rock. Uh, you can build your house upon this world, upon the ways of this world. You could put your belief and trust in every little uh, wind of doctrine that you hear, that you see, teaching that you see, and you'll be tossed to and fro. I guarantee it, you'll be tossed all over the place. You'll end up seasick. Um, and that is absolutely belief, and it will create in you an expectation. It will not be a godly expectation. It'll probably be an expectation that is built on fear and um, maybe jealousy, envy. It could be anything. And from that, you will not find yourself in a place of love. You will find yourself probably in a place of bitterness yeah, and ungratefulness. Um, and life will wash out from under you. That is, that is the, that is, that is truth. You can... You could look at that however you want. I learned that. I used to live that. Right. I know it. And when I started to center my life on love and on on um, believing what God said and on expecting. And listen, expectation is something I still struggle with because I had years of human development that play a part in uh, what I believe today. And not all of it is good. You know, and God is rebuilding that in me and restructuring that in me and teaching me how to believe his word and um, how to walk in truth. Uh, so I still have these moments where I expect negative things and um, I have trouble seeing the good in the world. And, 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 you know, just all those negative things that come with life sometimes. 
Because at the end of the day, we all have hardship. We all have things that we face that hinder us from growth, hinder us from growth with God. And it's the spirit is constantly trying to tear down those walls. Um, but in moments like this of just complete chaos and pandemic, um, if we do not center our lives in love and in faith and place our hope in what God has promised us, fear will control our lives. And we'll do stuff like run out and buy 40 rolls of toilet paper. Right. I told my wife the other day, you better turn the sink on and put a handful of water in your butt. <laughs> I mean, you act like I'm not going to spend $250 on toilet paper, dude. Nah, dude. And I think a lot of that, too, man, is just like, you know, people like going out and they've um, and they've hoarded. And again, man, it's just and here's what blows my mind, Charles. You're talking about operating in love and and trying to you know and here's the thing is like you have to love thy neighbor and it seems to me that people are being more concerned with buying toilet paper than you are asking somebody about their salvation you're oh, more yeah. concerned with trying to stock your kitchen versus just, asking just your person loving them period just loving them period like yeah. you you leave out with six like six rolls of toilet paper somebody who actually needs something they don't have any because you walked off the last little bit of it so y'all gonna see they gonna see how really really gets if they ain't got no food right so and, and that's the thing is like like th- this kind of craziness is like this is what really um, blew my mind and this is why I said I want to pump out as much love hope and motivation as I possibly can because I'm not so much worried about toilet paper I'm not even worried about food bro but I understand that there are people who need food spiritual food food that they don't even know that they know that exists people who are going and buying water like you have water in your faucet but people are really thirsty for a living water that they have no clue even exists and bro, we and, live in America people don't but, drink faucet water no more Look, and you gonna look. You running through the test, and we figured out that some faucet water is a lot better, a lot better than that bottle water that you're buying. No, no, so, no. I'm just saying. Think about yeah. that. Think about how entitled we've become as people, and how uh, how centered we are on self. We're not centered on other people. Right. In fact, you could see somebody starving on the side of the road, and only I don't know the actual percentage or the statistic, but not everybody's gonna stop and feed that man. Not everybody's going to stop and offer him a bottle of water. Not everybody's going to stop and act like they even care about it. For the most part, all they care about is getting back to the house. They just spent uh, $24 on a 12-pack of Evian water. Right. And and, the, and they but, got a sink. Exactly. And, but but that's my point, though, Charles. And a refrigerator <laughs> with an ice maker and a water filter on it. <laughs> right. Bro, we're retarded. Look, we got all this stuff going on, this recession stuff. Tom Brady just signed with the Bucks for $50 million, bro. Right. Well, and this, that is America. It is America. That is America. That's it is America. But, 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 but check this out, though. Check this out. Have you noticed that God is trying to put things back in that rightful place, though? We've made sports number one. You know, we, we, oh, get, we, get all these, we get all these endorsements. I mean, but, but seriously, man, but, but like all these endorsements, you know, sports, like, like all this stuff, bro, that we've has been the American standard. Like, this has been our lifestyle. And I think everybody, they're, they're focused on the virus. They're, they're focused on, like, all these things that are being taken away. Have you... And, and again, God... Again, we never know what God is up to. But you have to look at the other side of the coin, though. Like, think it not strange that we're in the house with our families and people are complaining about it. Think it not strange that this is the, the one time that you know, there are no sports on. That, I mean, they're literally... Like now you have to go and find a distraction. 
Like now you're trying to find a distraction because you don't have your sports. Like you feel me? Like this is the crazy thing to me, Charles. Like we are in the house with our loved ones every day, and now people are complaining about it. Like this is where you should be. Like no, they, yeah, they on Facebook posting toilet paper memes. Yeah, like, like, you feel me? And so this is what you're talking about, like social distancing. Like this is a time where where you can actually start to learn and pray. Like you can actually start to learn how to have family time, how to sit at the dinner table and have a meal. And instead of doing that, now you're trying to find a way to be entertained. Like you're trying to find a distraction. We've become so consumed. I mean, people. Yeah. This has become a part of a person's development. It has. People. People have been pro. Let's say program. Let's 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 do this because I'm not going to get all into the developmental psychology because sometimes, so it's sometimes it's hard to understand and you know it's just pointless. It's not really hard to understand as much as it is. Oh, like <laughs> listen, I just did a whole class at, at the seminary on like. Developmental psychology theory, self psychology theory, family system theory. Some of it is hard to understand. No, I, no, no. I'm not talking about for that point. I'm saying the science behind it. Yeah, yeah. We, we no. It, it all makes sense. Right. And it, and a lot of it seems to be good theory, and it all and, and that's probably why you end up taking classes like that at the seminary because listen, human development and faith are one and the same. Uh, I believe what I believe because of my experience. Uh, my experience plays a huge part in who I am, how I develop, and my sense of self, my identity, who I identify as. Um, th- th- there's absolute truth in that. I truly believe it. Um, but to get back to it, let's say that human beings, human beings are like a computer because we are. Right. Your brain is like a computer being programmed from childhood even into adulthood. You know, and and I can't tell you exactly that process may go on your whole entire life, but most of it happens in early childhood development. Yeah, um, I heard like within the first seven years is where a child picks up most of its adulthood staples later on in life. That that may or may not be true. I, I think within the first seven or eight years. No, there's a lot of truth. It's probably even less than that. Yeah, probably three or four years. Yeah, a lot of the uh, so. Um, I forgot the neurobiologist's name, but but basically this guy says that look, most of the neural pathways within the mind are are uh, formed within the first few years of life. Yeah, um, that's all theory. So it could be seven years, it could be fifteen years, because you get you get into these these areas where uh, a person, a child, develops because of experience, because of the household structure, because of the culture and the context in which which they grow up in. And um, these neural pathways start to form in their mind. It becomes habit, it becomes the things that they do, it becomes who they are. And then at a certain age, they enter into like high school and there is this huge cultural pressure on them. And this is where they start to uh, form their sense of identity, who they are. Um, and all of that plays a part in faith, belief. This is why it's, it's a, paints a beautiful picture of God as the potter. Yeah. Jer- in Jeremiah, the, in the prophet uh, compares Israel to clay and that God is the potter. And God's response to them is, am I not the potter? Can I not do with you what I please? So God is constantly molding us and shaping us. Um, so our culture has become what it has become because of these things, the, uh, these generational beliefs over the past 75 years, bro, where sports and not just sports, but uh, violence has been glorified, 
the athlete has been glorified. Our lives have been centered on self. Uh, sexual immorality is glorified. Abortion is glorified. Uh, the, the, the feminist movement um, is glorified. And I'm not talking, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with being proud to be a woman. So please don't take me that way. But some of this stuff is like far left field. Dude. Yeah. Like you out there, you know, yeah. with it. and all these things are glorified nowadays. The LGBT, QB, XY, whatever other letter they're going <laughs> to add on the acronym before next year uh, is glorified nowadays. It's absolutely retarded. It is. And that's why we've come to the place that we've come to as a culture. And it's, it hasn't happened overnight. It's been happening. Uh, people are just develop. It's a developmental thing now. Yeah, I truly believe that people have developed this way. They, yeah, and that's the thing is the, the scary thing about it, Charles, is they see no reason to change. Like they see no reason to change, and like not only have they developed this way, but they continue to find new ways to stay on the path that they're on. Let's do this because there will there, there is never when 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 I have experienced the things I've experienced, it has created. Let's say it's created my ego. It's created who I am, my sense of self. Um, I don't see any reason for change because I don't think anything is wrong because it's who I am. Right. Um, and there is never change without a catalyst. There, change very rarely happens without chaos. Right. Let's let you know. And I can't say that 100% of the time because maybe sometimes people change just because they feel like changing. But for the most part... But that's almost never. Almost never. Almost never. No, it's almost always chaos. Yeah. So I started doing a... I had to, I had to write a paper the other day to finish that developmental psychology class. And I wrote it on the glorification of immorality within the Western civilization and how it, affect, how it has affected human development. So as I'm writing the paper... I'm studying a few things, looking up some statistics on the internet, and I come across uh, violence. Um, so, so we had this this uh, this period in our country from like 1850 to 19, let's say 1950. No, let's say 1920, uh, right before World War One, 1918, something like that. I can't remember the exact date of World War One. The country was extremely violent. So we think now the country is more violent than it was in the 1800s, and it's absolutely not. No way, nowhere near. The country was extremely violent. Then we have these catalysts that happen. We have World War One. We have World War Two, and and violence within the United States drops off drastically. Like people, I guess I can't give you an exact answer. But it's very interesting when you start reading these statistics. You have all this death and all these bad things happening in these wars, man. And then violence just drops off drastically. And then about 1970, you start to see it resurface. And, and now the country is once again in this place where it's extremely violent. There's all kind of gun violence. There's people dying left and right in our streets. There, uh, you know, it won't change without a catalyst. Right. Maybe this is the catalyst. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of hard to say what the catalyst for change will be. Um, because like you said, like things sometimes don't change on its own. It's almost kind of like momentum. Like nothing picks up momentum unless forces apply to it. 
Um, like you have to force change in some ways. And, and the, the metaphor behind that is it's so significant because I know personally in my own life, like, bro, I've made changes, but my changes come through a catalyst. Your change came through a catalyst. Oh, there was a, there was a brick wall. Right. So, so there's yeah. almost, again, it's almost unheard of that something transformed without there being a catalyst. Even, you know, even, you know, clay, <laughs> the, the clay that became man, the catalyst was God's hands. That, that was the change. Again, yeah. something being moved, something being stirred up. And, and a lot of us, man, we are missing the whole point that like this is not just about a, a virus. This is not just about a pandemic. But maybe this certain situation, like you said, is okay. only is only visible so you can take the situation and apply change. Oh, at the end of it, there could absolutely be benefits to it. It could be benefits to it. And we, we will not see that right now. All we're going to see is the chaos. And, the and, 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 and my hope for this is that you find somebody who may be lacking the word of God or, or, or maybe or you go and tell somebody about the love of God. Maybe you will go and tell somebody about the salvation that is available for them. Maybe you will go and uh, show grace and mercy towards somebody you may have been angry with. Maybe this does scare you to the point where you want to go and make some change. Like, like that is my hope. I hate for us to waste this particular moment, like this opportunity, just to live in fear. Well, like, that, that, that's another interesting point because I was talking about earlier how uh, fear and faith rarely ever exist together. But fear can absolutely cause change. It can. Yeah, yeah. And then from that point where I once was afraid, now I want to change. Change starts to take place. And then I start to walk in faith. Right. And not fear anymore. Or you can take the complete opposite direction. Oh, yeah. You can go from faith to yeah, fear. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a vice versa with everything. Yeah. We talk about that law of opposites, heads or tails. Yeah. You know, this at the end of the day... Uh, there is a free moral choice. Exactly. Now, not. I'm not gonna get into that. Some people. I challenge. I challenged Jenny the other night. I told her. I said, "Free will is an illusion." She was. <laughs> she, she, she looked at me like, "What did you just say?" <laughs> uh, but really, in all honesty, you can't uh, do it like that, man. Well, yeah, really, in all honesty, though, um, to say you have complete free will is an absolute an illusion because you are so influenced by everything going on around you. You do have free will. Don't mistake what I'm saying. You have the ability to choose. But there is only one being in this world that has absolute free will or in the heavens that has absolute free will. And that is God. Yeah, you do not. A lot of people, uh, that, that's where the divide between Wesleyan theology and Calvinism comes. Because Calvin believed that we don't have absolute free will. Wesley believed that we do. Um, but in all honesty, truthfully, you, we're so influenced by the culture, by the people around us, um, in more ways than we realize. And a lot of times we think we have absolute free will. If I had absolute free will, I wouldn't have spent $700 on his iPhone. Right. Because I think spending $700 on a phone is retarded. It is. But I'm so influenced by the culture and the things that go on in this world that I spent $700 on this iPhone. Yeah. Now, now people, now 
I, at the end of the day, it was a choice. I absolutely agree with that. I chose to go by the phone. But what I'm saying is we have to take into consideration. That is why earlier when I'm telling you surround your life with love. That's so important, dude. It's so important who you surround yourself with right now. Right. Because it ain't just about reading the Bible and prayer. You got to surround yourself with people who are in a circle of love and godliness and uh, who operate in the spirit who 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 can help you overcome fear. Yeah. Just being around them makes you feel stronger. Uh, or you can surround yourself with people who make you fearful, who love death, who bring nothing but misery and chaos into your life. And, you know, that's one of the things like we've talked about that before, man, about bringing people into your life that that take from you. And look, I'm going to be honest, man, like I hate. And then, yeah, I said that word. I hate uh, people trying to attach themselves to me that don't want to like they, they don't give me any energy. They don't give me any positive they all they do is 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 take and they so, drain me and and yo they they're like leeches, bro. Like they they get fat off of hanging on to me. Like like I gotta go and put in the work. I gotta go and put in all the effort. I gotta go in my my Bible. It's like I gotta do all the work. But that as soon as I get juiced up, here you come. Yeah. You like 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 give me some of that. Like give me what you got. Like no, go get your own. Mm -hmm. Like like why are you over here trying to suck everything from over here? Like why don't you go? And, and that's the thing, bro. It's like when you're high and dry, when they feel like they don't need you anymore, then they go find somebody else to do it to. Because again, the right people in your circle make all the difference. Yeah, you know they actually will feed you faith. Where yeah. certain people, they only come and after they're done with you, you're fearful of like, what's the next step? Yeah. Like, when are they going to come back? Like, you almost are like looking over your shoulder like, yo, I don't want this person to call me. I don't want to deal with them today. <laughs> like, stay away from me, please. But for some people. That's why I don't give people my number like that, bro. For real, for you real. You ain't getting my number. If, I, if I'm not cool with you, if I don't feel like you can bring life to my life, uh, you ain't getting my number. I'm not even with you. Uh, people could say what they would. Oh, that ain't very Christian. You're supposed to lead them to Christ. I done learned from experience, bro. Most likely, before you lead someone to Christ, they gonna drag you down. Yeah, and, and that's another thing too. Is like, like, and, and y'all hear me closely. I'm about to spell this out for y'all because I get a lot of these people that like to lurk around, and I call them. <laughs> watch me, Charles. Ask holes. That's what I call them. A S K H O L E S. Ask holes. And here's why. Because they always want to come around and they will ask for they, they will ask for prayer. They'll ask for direction. They'll ask questions. Like they ask for things in all sincerity. You want to help. Like you're there to help people. Like you're there to literally give them help. You are giving the giving them your best and you're giving them the, your like your energy, your time, your resources. You're giving this stuff to them and they do nothing with the information. And lo and behold, they come back the next week. Yo, I got a question for you. Like, like, don't do me like that. Like, if you're going to waste my time, if I'm going to give you 20, 30, 40 minutes of my time, then I at least need you to apply what we just talked about. I at least need you to put effort toward what we just finished, like finished having this conversation about because you are wasting my time. Like, I could literally be going to help somebody else who really wants my help. Like, I could be there for somebody who really wants me to be there. I don't need you coming, like, asking me for stuff and you do nothing with what I give to you. Yeah. Like, don't be an asshole. Yeah. <laughs>
A S K H O L E. Don't don't be like don't do that to people. Like for real, um, that that's probably one of the most I would say selfish things you can do to people. Yeah. Don't don't call me and ask for prayer, and then you and then like as soon as we get off the phone, you go back and do what you're gonna do. Don't come to me and say, "Yo, what would you do in this situation?" You're asking for my friendship. I take 30 minutes on the phone with you to give you, you know, like what I would do, and then you don't apply any of the information. Like, like don't do that. And y'all may not like that analogy, but guess what? If you've been listening to this podcast long enough, I'm going to tell you what. I don't care. I said what I said, but I mean it, though. And a lot of you are letting people do that to you. You let them come in. You let them ask questions. And they only do it for selfish gain. They only do it to get in next to you. Um, just so when you got what you got, they want to be there to take it from you. Um, I don't know how we got on that topic, bro. But <laughs> It seems like you must have a few people around you right now doing that to you. Bro, I do, and I don't like it. So, and if I ain't answered your phone call, that's probably why. If you're hearing this podcast, if I ain't answered your phone call, if I ain't, if I ain't responded to a text message, that's a disclaimer, y'all. In case y'all didn't know, you just put a disclaimer out there. <laughs> <laughs> so let's close with this because we talked about over. But I, we talked about a few things, but I think my main purpose is, uh, and why I wanted to do this podcast today is. Uh, Overcoming fear and things that you can do to help you overcome fear. And we talked about surrounding yourself with love, uh, walking in faith and belief, holding, expecting God to show up in your life, expecting God to abide with you, expecting him to give you victory over the current chaos of our situation. Um, All of those things are truthful but I want to close with this scripture um, because this is truly the blessing and this is truly where it begins. Understanding that that in turning away from our inequities, God has blessed us through Christ and that in turning away from our inequities, we start to find love and faith and freedom from fear and the things of this world it's acts chapter 3 the last verse verse 26 to you first god having raised up his servant jesus sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from your inequities um i close with that for this reason i can tell you about love i can tell you about surrounding yourself with love i can tell you about faith i can tell you about Uh, having a positive expectation I could tell you uh, about the opposite side of the coin uh, the negative expectation and fear Um, none of those things matter if your life is full of inequity none of it does not matter if your life is full of foolishness and unholy living and sin and everything that God declares to be uh, unrighteous don't expect anything that I have said today to apply to your life. Don't expect it. Because it it won't. Um, Because sin and evil will always create in you an evil expectation. Yeah. There is no... It just doesn't happen any other way. Um, So, if you are living... Let's let I don't I rarely ever do a salvation call, but I feel led to do that today. We are we are faced. I'm not gonna ask you to say a prayer with me. I'm not gonna do that. 
but we are we are living in truly perilous times. I mean, just you can you can see it. It's all over the place. I don't have to explain it. Um, and if your life is not right with Yahweh, the Creator, Yeshua Christ, Yahweh's salvation, the plan that uh, God has placed forth for salvation for mankind, um, man, you really need to search for that. You know, and you could say a prayer and ask Jesus to come into your life. Uh, ask God to save you. It doesn't have to be a pretty put together prayer. I think of the Gospel of Luke where the the tax collector stands off in the distance and beats on his chest and says, God, I'm a sinner. And Christ says that that man is more justified um, in the in the eyes of God than the Pharisee who, you know, said, at least I'm not like this guy. So recognize the things in your life that are destructive. Turn from them. And, and just when you do that, you will experience a lot of the things I've been talking about that Keelan's been talking about. Um, a lot of times, a lot of times, you may listen to a podcast like this and you may say, man, I don't, none of that makes sense to me. Well, if your life's full of sin, it's not going to make sense to you because it hasn't become your experience yet. Right. Your experience is still based upon destruction and foolish decisions and the things that you've been doing your whole life. Um, God does a new thing. Grace does a new thing in a person. It cleanses them, it changes them, and through that change, you start to see the things that I have seen, that Keelan has seen. I'm able to sit here and discuss this with you on this podcast because what I'm talking about has become my experience. Right. Um, I'm going to stop right there. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say we love you. Keelan, you got anything you want to add to that? No, just backing Charles up on that. Um you know, because we truly love y'all, man. Again, that's why we do the podcast. And we're here to pray for y'all. We're not here to judge, condemn, make fun, poke, prod. Uh, we come from the same background, man. We're, we're all, look, we're all alike, yo. You know, and, and I don't think I'm any better than anybody listening to this podcast. Um, you know, I've, I've had my ways. You know, I've done my dirt, but I also know where to find salvation. I know where to find the peace. And we want y'all to be able to find the, the same thing that we have, you know, and it's not always sunshine and rainbows. You know, we still go through ups and downs. We still have trying times. But I would say my my worst day as a Christian is better than any day that I've ever had as a sinner. Yo. And, you know, and let, let me rephrase that because I don't want y'all thinking that just because you become a Christian that you don't sin. That's not what I'm saying. But my days with Christ or like my worst day with Christ is better than any day that I've had without him. Let me put it that way. And we just want y'all to have the same experiences, know the peace, know the same joy that we have. And that as long as we got him, as long as we got Jesus, we don't fear anything. And we want y'all to know that same peace and have that same certainty that um, that with, with God, all things are possible and that with God in your life, um, you don't have to look at situations the same thing, the same way you've always viewed them. So, um, again, you know, Charles said, whatever prayer that you have, it don't have to be pretty. Um, ask Jesus into your heart, and I promise you, He'll show up. So, um, that's all I got. 
Right. Yeah, I'm gonna let you know right now, you call me for prayer, I'm gonna poke at you. <laughs> it ain't because I don't love you, and it's not because. Well, why was meaning like on the podcast? We ain't gonna make fun. No, no, of no. I'm like just saying I'm gonna poke at you because. Yeah. Uh, well, truth is the only thing that changes people. Yeah, man. yeah. You gotta, you gotta poke. You know, it wasn't. I thank God that I ran into a man of God who poked at me. Yeah. Not in a, not in a judgmental way or in a, you know, it was nothing like that. It was just a, it was revelation. You know, I'm I'm viewing life through the lens of brokenness and wickedness, and the only way for me to see through the lens of godliness and righteousness is for someone to poke at you. For, yeah, for yeah. real. Yeah, for real. That's a, that's a part of it. Yeah. Know? And if you don't if you don't want that, then really you don't want change. So don't even call me at all. Right. Yeah, because I'm not gonna waste my time. Yeah. I'm not with it. I got two kids. And a wife. And they got all kinds of people dying from some virus. I ain't yeah. got time to play with you right now. Exactly. I mean that out of love. It sounds bad, but it's truthful. That's just what I said, man. Yeah. Assholes. Yeah. A-S-K-H-O-L-E-S. We will, but we want to pray for you, though. Like, seriously, now, for real, for real. We do want to. Uh, we're here for you guys, man. We love you. Um, we'll catch you on the next episode, man. We out of here. Yep. Peace.